I'm Brett Serfstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for May has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is, drumroll because I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Moises Chuyan. Perfect. Did I get that? Oh, Absolutely man. perfect. All right. Um, actually, this is the first time Systematic has ever been uh, done live. I'm rather excited. Uh, it's it's thanks to Moises. Moises's? Is that how you... Moises's <laughs> I, I, I'm technical no good at abilities. I'm no good at grammar. Well, Moises with the, an apostrophe. There we go. That'll work. Yes. Um, so thanks a lot for helping out with this. You're very welcome. It's it's my pleasure to force you onto the live stream like I forced Mike Hurley onto the live stream last week. I figure how bad could it be? It's great. It uh, it, it gives you a whole different feel for the show. You just go yes, live to tape I, and it just it just happens. I really d- does everyone always like reference the Bill O'Reilly clip when they do this because No, I just I just did that because, you know, it's it's a first live systematic and of course I had to put we'll do it live into the chat room. Yeah, that seems that seems um truncated somehow. Yeah, that's that's all that I remember from it. It, it was a little traumatizing. So, so what, Moises, what, what, you 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 do uh screen time on 5 by 5 uh, a screen, sh- uh, a, a podcast about movies, movies, and- pri- movies primarily. Sometimes TV and video games, depending on the guest. Uh, but a lot of times, movies because that's uh, that's where I've that's where I've got people. Should we call it an entertainment podcast? Yeah, a screen-based media podcast makes it sound really wonky and technologisty. Uh, but uh, but yeah yeah, an, an entertainment podcast. You know what doesn't sound technologisty? Uh, the word technologisty. <laughs> it sounds hipstery, and that no, it doesn't sound like a word me. really. Terrifying. And you also have a blog at arthousecowboy.com. Indeed, where you, it's kind of it's like a Tumblr kind of style, right? Now you uh, write articles. Yeah, it's it's a mix of a, a number of different things, uh, so that I'm kind of ripping everybody off uh, instead of just one person. At, at one per, at one point, I thought, uh, you know, nobody's really ripping off Daring Fireball and doing daring fireball for movies so why don't i just do that and i was like well but i like writing these five thousand word articles that 12 people read in addition to that and then i also like doing this this like uh, blu-ray screen grabbing thing and sometimes i like to to write stuff about weird crap that's happening in the comic book world so it's it's kind of a little bit of a bunch of different things mostly commentary on on media and content and entertainment and and how all sorts of stuff is is intersecting all over the place, which is actually where where the idea for screen time came from, and where the other pair of shows that I end up doing uh, ended up uh, starting to eat up more of my time than my wife tells me I have. Fun, yeah. Did you see um, what was that one? Iron Man three. Uh, Iron Man three spelled out. Yes, I saw Iron Man T H R E E, as it said in the credits. Uh, and I enjoyed it very much. What, what did you think of it? I w- was expecting something much darker, but I loved the heck out of it. I really, I had a really good time. I was surprised, I guess. Uh, it's rare to me that a third one is more entertaining to me than a first or second. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt that it was. Now yep. you, as a film critic, what did you think? Uh, 
I'm going to call you a film critic. Whether hey, you like no, it or... feel free. It's uh, I'm 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 happy to to get something that I don't deserve because I don't I don't review movies as often as I should, and I don't actually don't even don't even do critical essays as often as I feel like I should. But I th- I think that's I think that's what I'm supposed to do. It's like uh, you know a, a monk feeling like they don't pray enough. Uh, you know I, I'm <laughs> I'm supposed to have that compulsion within myself that I'm not doing enough and I'm not doing it well enough. It's true um, of any artist. I, Assuming being a monk isn't a form of art, I, I think that it is. I wanted to be a monk at one point, uh, but uh, okay. then okay. I turned thirteen. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I had a very similar reaction to you. I was like, well, I'm going to give this thing a chance, and I want to try to be open minded. Iron Man two was entertaining and enjoyable. It didn't you know blow me away as the first as much as the first, and it didn't blow me away as much as I felt like I was being amped up to uh, to be blown away by it. But the third one was was happy you know yeah having threads that connect to the various different marvel movies including the other two iron man movies but it's very nicely self-contained um and in the comic book world there are these things called original graphic novels that are self-contained stories that were never done in you know six or twelve or whatever however many issues that just tell this tightly uh composed nicely put together story and that's what this movie felt like for me was you know, I, I could have just not even seen the first two movies and right. it would have been just fine. Um, so aside from the, the theoretical perspective of, well, if I were a, a first timer at an Iron Man movie, I would have enjoyed this. I liked that I didn't have to go, what was it that I saw in that movie five years ago <laughs> that was really important? What door did that guy open or what magic book did he steal or, you know, the, I liked that it wasn't saddled with nearly as much baggage as, as the second movie was, uh, or even the Avengers. The Avengers was there, there's a there's a fellow that uh, that that friend of your show, friend of my show, friend of the network, uh, Merlin uh, likes to call Brian Michael Bendis, who uh, who writes dialogue. Merlin, Merlin who? Uh, oh well, Merlin Mann. Huh. Merlin Merlin Mann. Not familiar. The man. No, don't tell him I said that. I, I, I won't. He doesn't listen to this show. He he don't. He generally doesn't listen to shows. He just does. Yeah, me either. So. All of them. <laughs> um, but no, he he uh, he and I share an opinion about this particular writer for Marvel, who we both love, and at the same time, we we acknowledge that most of his dialogue is talky, talky, talky. Uh, let's have a meeting, and let's have a meeting about the meeting that we just had, and then we'll blow something up for a couple of pages. And then we'll have another meeting and talk about our feelings. Um, and that's that's what a lot of the Avengers felt like to me, though I enjoyed it. And I, I rewatched it a number of times. It was it was all about, all right, check it out. We're going to put all these people in the same room and we're going to define what they all are at the same time. And everything will be talky, 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 talky. And Iron Man 3 had some good talky, talky stuff. But it, it moved at this rapid fire pace. Uh, you know what I think did it for me, though? Was that halfway through the movie, they made the preview um, obsolete. Like, it didn't matter anymore because none of it was true. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil the movie. Um, no. For, for people who haven't seen it. I'm just saying it had a huge hook. The the hook, it, it they did a very, very intentional bait and switch with the marketing, the way that all these people did interviews leading up to it and everything. And... I I liked a big twist that they did that that quite frankly angered uh, a bunch of 
diehard fans uh, because of the way that they played with the mythology a bit. Um, I thought it was I thought it was great because it surprised everybody and they managed to keep it secret and it totally worked in the context of the movie and it worked in this recontextualization of these characters that were created sometimes 40, 50 years ago with bad guys and trappings surrounding them that are either horrendously sexist, racist, or both at the same time. Um, and, you know, granted, Tony Stark as a character is always going to be kind of chauvinistic. And so the stuff that surrounds him is always going to be, you know, to some extent like that. But some of the changes that they made, I, I thought were absolutely great. Um, because I couldn't have expected them and, uh, and, and plenty of others, uh, you know, like, like I said, have been enraged by them, which it's, it's not always a bad thing to enrage nerds. No, you really, you didn't do it right if you don't enrage anybody. Yeah. Oh my God. I I wish you had seen the Star Trek movie because there's so many angry people. I thought Dan was going to hate it. I thought Dan was going to. I'm very much looking forward to it. I just didn't get out. Because my wife was leaving town this morning and we didn't want to stay out at a movie and blah, blah, blah. I plan to. As soon as she's back in town, we're going to see it. Well, do your best to don't don't talk to anybody about it and try to be as unspoiled as possible. Even though I had a bunch of stuff spoiled for me in advance. (laughs) I don't talk to anybody. Good. Good. See, this is why we get along. Totally safe. Only time I ever actually (laughs) talk to somebody is on a podcast. Whenever I call my wife, I call her over Skype and I'm like, hey, how do I sound on your end? Here, let me fix your gain. Okay. What did you need me to pick up from the store? Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, find my podcast, 5x5.tv. Where'd yeah. you just go? Uh, where did I just go? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, like this weekend. No. Or, no, just now. You went off on like Twitter. I must have missed something. I must have spaced out because my lights turned off for some reason. Does that make any sense? Uh, no. N- uh, no. No, no, so, but I- I'm going to try to Peter make Weller. sense of it. Peter Weller. Oh, Peter Weller. You had Peter Weller, but you haven't published that yet, right? Right. Haven't published that. That's that's going to be the... Is it okay to talk about it? Yeah, it's totally okay to talk about it. I talked to him last night uh, okay. after he, he called a delay of game two or three times because he was having trouble getting his kid to go to bed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in doing two weeks of prep for it, I've never been more nervous. Um, a lot of people don't know that the guy who played RoboCop and Buckery Banzai, uh, the the lead in David Cronenberg's Amazing Naked Lunch, which unfortunately, I'm, you know, go ahead and be disappointed because we didn't talk about Naked Lunch at all. And if you want to hear Peter Weller talk about Naked Lunch, go get the Criterion DVD or Blu-ray. It's got a really great commentary with him and Cronenberg on it. And I, they, I think they really just, they say everything that there is to be said. Um. So yeah, I, I I did a whole ton of prep once once he said he was going to do the show, and I you know I knew that I I would I would be uh, hoisted on on my own petard uh, if I didn't touch on RoboCop, Buckaroo Banzai, some of the some of the some of the nerd service stuff. But the whole reason he agreed to do the interview, and this is basically the first thing out of his mouth. Um, he came to Austin and did an advanced screening of Star Trek Into Darkness as a double feature with RoboCop playing right after it. And I caught him afterward. Um, it was being put on by uh, my friend Harry Knowles at Ain't It Cool News. And I, I caught Weller after the first movie and before the, the intro for the next one. 
and uh, and he's a straight shooter. He's talked RoboCop and Buck Rubanza and all that stuff to death and has been asked all the same questions a million times. Um, but I watched this series he did for the History Channel called Engineering an Empire, where it goes through Egypt, Greece, uh, Rome, all of these uh, you know, great dynasties in all these different major ancient civilizations. And they basically, you know, they flew him out to the pyramids in Egypt and the Acropolis and all these places. And he's talking about, you know, myth and history and how they inform each other. And I, I, when I, when I met him, I said, uh, look, I'm already bothering you by talking to you. Uh, and I apologize for that. I do an interview show, uh, over Skype post on the internet, a bunch of people listen to it. And, I'm interested in interviewing you not to ask you the same 17 questions about RoboCop or Buckaroo Banzai, but because as, as, as a, a professor of art history, which he is, he's got a doctorate in art, art history, um, and as an anthropologist myself, I'm a lot more interested in just talking to you about the intersection of myth and history and the, the, you know, the, the oral tradition. And the way that uh, the way that that fact and fiction have continued to inform each other, you know, if if anything, I want to lead off asking you if if you think Agamemnon really existed. And he was like, "All right, I'm in, brother." It was it was <laughs> like he'd just gotten off of a Harley with a cigar in his mouth or something. I mean, he's he is <laughs> he is one of the coolest cats I have ever ever met. Um, super down to earth and. You know, but he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like doing things that he uh, he thinks are a waste of time. And I, I hope he didn't think that the show was a waste of time. But get, some of the stories he told are amazing, uh, including this. There's a, a really great episode of Fringe that he did, which I consider required viewing before you listen to the episode because he spoils the entire thing um, <laughs> in in telling you know why he found it so compelling and interesting. Um, how he got cast in the new Star Trek movie. Um, I got a surprising answer when I asked when he first met Jeff Goldblum, which almost ended up being the title of the show. Um, <laughs> and uh, he crashed a funeral, and I won't say whose, uh, but that 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 is the uh, the title of the episode, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 nuts because. Uh, He's one of those guys that you see him uh, in one of these movies or on one of these specials or something, and you're like, I just, I would love to meet the guy and shake his hand and whatever, like uh, like the average nerd would, but I'm tremendously intimidated by the brain on this guy. He's It's like he's lived four lives and has six brains. He's tremendously articulate in a bunch of different areas, and he doesn't BS. It's like him, guys like him and Stephen Fry have superpowers and and we just haven't developed the science to to detect it uh because there's no other there's there's no other way to to explain how friggin' smart and insightful these guys are um, well you've had a you've had a lot of awesome guests on your show but that would is in, definitely one i'm not gonna miss including brett terpstra in one of my favorite titled episodes uh cowboy hats in a mosh pit was i drunk for that one i i wouldn't know <laughs> Okay, I would have told you if I was. I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut about it. Uh, I I really have no idea. 
Uh, I know. I just it, remember it being long, and I got like a little bit loopy. I think. I I don't even know. Short I, attention span. It was it was good. I'll tell you that. It, I I I grabbed you in the chat room when you were live doing a crossover with Dan and Christina Warren. And I love Christina Warren, and she's a, a, she's a lovely person. I consider her a friend. I admire her a great deal. And I was listening you, to her. Are you gonna? Oh, I thought. You, oh no, I, I thought it was gonna be like a line like, "I'm not racist, but." <laughs> uh, actually, actually, uh, bless her heart. Take out racism. No, I'm not even gonna. Oh, God bless her little heart. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I, I was sitting there going. She's so smart, and I'm disagreeing with every single thing coming out of her mouth about, like, the future of media consumption and all this other stuff. And I was like, yo, Brett, get up on my show, and let's talk about this stuff, because I'm about to, I'm about to <laughs> I have remember, an aneurysm. I remember it happening now. <laughs> That's yeah, good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that, that, was, um, that was a memorable episode. <laughs> so, Peter Weller, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to hearing this published. I'm a big fan of just about everything he's ever been in. First, when when you told me about it before the show, the first thing I asked about was Naked Lunch, but I used to be a huge, like, uh, Videodrome, Naked Lunch, and then all the David Lynch stuff, like, uh, it all kind of, like, blended together, and that was my film knowledge <laughs> was all around <laughs> Lynch and Cronenberg. It was weird. Um, now, these days, I like Star Trek and Iron Man 3, uh, my name is Brett, and I like action movies. Um, anyway, I'll take our first sponsor break real quick. And then I think we have uh, some pescatarian things to talk about. Do we? Our first sponsor. Yes, we'll get there. Our first sponsor <laughs> today is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com or maybe a CO or TV. And if the .com you want isn't available, you can also get a .net, the one alternative to .com that's become universally accepted. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you want into their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. If not, it'll come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you like a magical robot. They even have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. And if you use the code DANSENTME or visit Hubber.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hubber.com. So of all the pictures of my animals that I, I mercilessly post to Twitter, you you have always seemed... Uh, the most intrigued by my fish. Yes. yes. Is that fair to say? I've got an aquatic fixation and I'm not afraid to talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. So, Where does this come from? Uh, At what point in your childhood did you have your first what, fish? Uh, my first fish tank, my mom got me one of these. Uh, we found out later in, you know, in the evolution of, of people keeping fish in their homes that these like hexagonal uh, fish tanks really just not the best thing uh the the surface does there's not much surface area at the top to get agitated and uh and that that's how the oxygen actually gets mixed into the water so that the fish can breathe which is why regardless of how good you are at feeding it or not overfeeding it um kids who have little fish tanks like that 
inevitably end up killing their fish because they start suffocating the moment you put them into it. So I had one of these, and and there's always been, ever since there there has been a fish-keeping industry, there's always been some breed of fish that is artificially created um, or otherwise uh, unnatural. And uh, there's a, a fish called the glassfish. And at this point... Is this different than a glass cat? Different than a glass cat. Um, okay. And, and they... Uh, the majority of their body is completely trans- translucent. And back in the day, people um, were selling them injected with a little stripe of color up at the top. You know, and they were they were literally, you know, jabbing a syringe into these fish, squeezing a little bit of dye in there, and then, like, cauterizing it closed. And selling that to little kids because, oh, look, it's a colorful fish that cost, you know, 10 cents to make and then can be sold for, like, $10. So I had these little glass fish and, uh, you know, with, a, with an undergravel filter and some little plastic stuff in it. And they all died. And we just kind of gave up. And it was, it was until I met uh, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, who has been an avid fish keeper basically her whole life growing up in, uh, in Florida. And she had this 75-gallon fish tank in her parents' house. Um, that had a very large fish in it, which is the, the adult size of a fish commonly found in fish stores, which should not be sold to people buying little 10-gallon fish tanks. Is uh, it a Placostomus? It was an Oscar. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Shouldn't so, be sold to Chinese restaurants that have, like, 10-gallon fish tanks oh, either. Oh, yeah. And that, that's the thing is you see them in Chinese restaurants – in these tiny little tanks and they've grown absolutely enormous. They're and, as big as the tank. Yeah. yeah they're, they literally are as big as the tank and they're sold to kids getting their first fish. Oh, that one looks pretty. It's got stripes <laughs> and colors and it likes to eat little tiny grapes and it'll eat crickets. Oh boy. And then a few months later they have to go drop it off at the local fish store because it's enormous. It's the size of the kid's head. Yes. Um, so she had this giant, quote-unquote tank buster sized fish uh when she was growing up and we got together and we moved in and uh we got uh, our i think our first tank was one of hers that was just you know dry in her parents house and um or i could have that completely wrong we've had so many tanks i i actually forget now at one point in our apartment in tallahassee we had uh, oh boy, um, this is where the the crazy fish person uh, comes out. We had a a 180 gallon tank with three Oscars, two Paku, and a Texas cichlid in it, uh, also known as a Rio Grande perch. Did you uh, also have a couch? Oh, uh, we did have a couch. It was a big living room. That's a huge tank. Wow. It's yeah. It it uh, she actually laid down in it to see if she would fit. <laughs> and like three of I think her I saw that in. tank in a David Copperfield uh, presentation once. Uh-huh. I think that he was like chained up inside of it and then they filled it with water. Yeah. Is it that one? I'm pretty sure that it, it, it's the exact same dimensions and design and probably the same, <laughs> the same, you know, redneck dude in his backyard makes it somewhere in Naples, Florida or something. Um, Naples has rednecks? Just uh, kidding. Oh, yeah. All, all of Florida has rednecks. Uh, 
springing I'm, up I'm all over the place. I'm familiar with Florida. I have relatives there. I'm, I'm sorry. Not that you have relatives there, but just uh, that you're familiar with Florida. They move there voluntarily. It's weird. I don't get, I don't get that. Um, but you live in Texas. So. I live in Texas now, and the the heat issues are 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 the same when it comes to keeping fish to to some extent. So so we had we had this enormous tank with all these fish. We had um, we had a hundred gallon tank in my office that was all uh, freshwater African cichlids, uh, a whole bunch of them, uh, Venustus. Um, uh, dolphin fish, well, not dolphin fish, uh, but dol- they called them like dolphin head something or another's, um, uh, yellow labs, uh, all of the, the kind of, uh, like the, the fish that you see in African cichlid tanks and dentist's office and offices and car dealerships and stuff. Um, we had a 29 gallon saltwater tank, our first saltwater tank. We had a 75 gallon, um, that, that we had uh, one Oscar in by herself that was that was uh, my wife's Oscar that she had had from before we got together. Uh, See, that- that's what I want to do. I want a 75-gallon tank with, with one fish, one nice large fish and rocks that are like color-coordinated to the fish. Uh-huh. I would love that, that's but I don't want to give do. up our... Well, no, I understand that it's actually probably quite a bit easier than what I have, but my wife really, really likes, um, what's it, variety. And uh, so she's never let me do that. I have to get my own tank, and I don't want to take care of my own <laughs> tank. I need my wife to take care of the tank. <laughs> no, what's your I, favorite fish? Favorite fish. Um, Which one makes you giggle the hardest? Uh, probably the seahorses I have now, because... <laughs> I mean, they're that they're like they're like cats, man. Like you walk up to the tank and they're like, "It's feeding time." Yeah. Hey, how's it going? I'm gonna dance for you because you're gonna feed me. Gonna I recently me. discovered upside down catfish. Upside down catfish, they grunt at you. They grunt and they can only swim upside down, and it's amazing. And I I stood by the tank for two days. And I would laugh for like 20 minutes at a time at this little guy just swimming around. He died. I'm sorry to run oh. that story, but we recently, we put um, we put a couple of smaller, uh, I think they were cichlids. We have, we have one big Amazon, uh, like blue Amazon, that would bully these little fish that we had just purchased. And it gave everyone ick. Like he bullied them to the point where they got sick and they spread ick to the whole tank. And we've had a little rash of fish fatalities lately. Okay. So, so we're recovering so right now. Here's where Dr. Moises fish, PhD, MD, DDS, uh, whatever acronym is appropriate jumps in. Have you, uh, have you used kick ick before? Yes. Okay. But we have a lot of scaleless fish in there. Oh well, then that uh, that that presents an issue. So, ick for those who are listening that have fallen asleep, uh, because we're talking about fish and uh, filtration and gravel and that kind of stuff. Uh, is this surprisingly common disease that a bunch of fish will get? That you bring them home from the fish store and they look totally healthy, and then they have these little white spots, and then the little white spots spread to everybody else. And it's uh, it's it's like waterborne herpes almost, where it burns and they scratch and they scratch themselves on the gravel and uh, but it's herpes that can kill, uh, and that's probably an awful way to describe uh, what ick is, 
but in terms of of how annoyed your fish uh, become and how difficult it can sometimes be to get rid of, especially if you have scaleless fish. What scaleless fish do you have in there? Uh, we have uh, a couple of cats, catfish, and we have a loach, a clown loach, and there was up until recently. I'm trying to remember. Um, well, there's the pleco. We have a really cool Asian pleco. He's still alive, and I hope he makes it because he's the second coolest fish after the upside you know, down catfish. Kick it. His name is Dude. Kikik should still be fine for that stuff. Yeah, and well, and we we've used we've used small amounts of Kikik, and I'm small hoping amounts. that no, like like dose dose as much as it says to. Well, no, that's what I mean. I just mean we can't. Yeah. We're not repeating the uh, we're not repeating the treatment frequently enough to like kill the scaleless fish. I hope. I hope. Basically, we're 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 in emergency mode. We're doing what we have to do to stop the rest of the tank from dying, but. You know, uh, you know the, um, it's been a while since I've even had to deal with Ick because I, we, we shifted. Well, you're to, too good for Ick. No, now. we shifted mostly to saltwater and we do. I want to do that. We too. do these, we do these methyl blue dips on them that just like kills whatever crap's crawling all over them before they go into the tank, um, mm. which prevents you from having to quarantine them for a bazillion years. Um, but I, I might be totally crazy on this. I'm going to, I'll, I'll check on it and get back to you, but I remember one of the things that we experienced it with fighting ick that helped with freshwater was for the fish that could stand it, which this is very different with saltwater where those fish don't do well with high temperatures. Like if we if we pumped up the temperature to like eighty degrees gradually, the ick just like started disappearing like crazy. Um, mm. There's uh, there there's there, oh man I. I feel like such an idiot. I, I, I should just call my wife. She'll be like, "How did you forget that? What kind of an I idiot just are call you?" My wife. What? That sounds like my my life. <laughs> so well, anyway, this has been Fish Sticks with our guest Moises Shuyan, fish doctor. Shuyan, <laughs> ah, so close that that's time. That's okay. It's okay. It's it's it, like I said. It's it's half Chinese, half Spanish, and all impossible to deal with. Uh, For some reason, it, it it seems Inuit to me. Is that possible? Hey, like, tell a casting director somewhere and maybe they'll cast me in Metal Gear Solid. Because <laughs> that's, that's probably okay, the most okay. specific uh, 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 different thing that I've, that I've heard ever. Yeah, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's not even like Mandarin Chinese, it's Cantonese. Uh, it, like uh, can- um. Cantonese, Chew, and then the Yan is just a, a Spanish suffix that my that my grandfather slapped onto it when he moved from China to Cuba in the twenties and decided to make everybody's lives more difficult. Wait, they changed name when they moved to Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Did they have like the same kind of immigration process that America had? Uh, America. Um, America. uh, Well, Well, cause I know I've, I've known a lot of people whose names have just been utterly simplified during the immigration to America. Well, the, the, um, the integration of, of, of Chinese people into Cuba. I mean, there's an, there's a province called Oriente that's like, you know, Chinatown basically. Um, but I, you know, I have, I have an uncle named Manolo, an uncle named Chen. Um, in some cases it's just, you know, whatever the family name already was. And then you slap, you know, a Spanish name on this kid, a Chinese name on this kid and you know, whatever, who cares? Um, 
a lot of people don't know that there. I mean, there is a pretty significant uh, population of people of, of Chinese descent in Cuba. Um, because I you didn't know, know that. The pop, I don't know the pop, jack about Cuba, though. I mean, nobody does because nobody's been allowed to go there from the states <laughs> for sixty years. Uh, I like I haven't gone, even though technically I can, because I'm first generation. Um, wow. Yeah. What can I say? Fancy, 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 fancy. I can go to a a, a country being crushed under the weight of uh, of a military dictatorship and uh, lousy economic policy, but this isn't meet the press. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. This is Fish Doctor. A fish Doctor. Um, <laughs> so, so, so our second sponsor today. You mind if I do it? Did you have something else? No, you no, no. I was, I was, I was just going to say. You know, this is this is the the final episode of of Systematic and the first episode of Fish Doctor. Yes, yes, it was a good run though. Yeah. Um, Until I ruined our the second show. sponsor today is. No, oh, you're interrupting the sponsor reads, man. <laughs> you're just getting used to doing it live. Sorry. Go ahead. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going to pause. Okay. Sponsor two, uh, Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or your mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new since they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. And you can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for trade shows, they can give you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use offer code DANSENTME5 and get 30% off of any package. I'm going to just start saying no credit card needed after every like major line. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's in just about all the reads. Well, you know, I don't. I think it's only in this Shutterstock one. What's in the? It's in the Squarespace one too. We're, we're so inside um, baseball on these uh, on these sponsor reads. Hey, you know you know what else I love? What that for your new podcast, Fish Doctor. Uh, now that Systematic is over, if you wanted uh, print swag or or collateral of other sorts, you know, like a big poster or something. You could just go to Shutterstock and get uh, get images for that stuff. That is brilliant. You're Look at a, that. Fish you're Doctor. an advertising genius. Fish Doctor has a marketing plan. Fish Doctor or Fish Sticks? What do you think? Fish Sticks. Um, I don't know. I kind of like Fish Sticks. I think Fish Sticks has probably been trademarked. Or maybe, well, maybe get real edgy and, and instead of CKS, do X. Because all the kids these days like extreme stuff. And with a Y. Wait. Then it's like Leonard Skinner. No, then it's like sticks. 
Or sticks. Oh, that <laughs> sticks. Oh, man. Wow. Watch. I almost snorted. I'm sorry. Oh, no, um, that's perfectly all right. So, 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 so what's the deal? Like, what, what if, what if the perfect image for the fish doctor, uh, uh, promotional poster isn't on Shutterstock right now? It will be tomorrow because they had 10,000 new images every day. 10,000? Are you crazy? So we have top picks up now. It's time for your first top pick. Well, um, not that I don't want to talk about Shutterstock. I just oh, feel no. like I feel like we've moved past that. Hey, then then we have. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a, a good edit cut. No, I totally appreciate that. <laughs> um, I figure I figure no edit. No and, edit. You know, no, just we'll do it, it live. In. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Warts and all. This is process. That's what systematics about. It's it's what you're about. Systems. Systems. Processes. Um, so one of the things that I blog about and that I annoy people about is whining about Blu-rays and ones that look like crap that, uh, other people who write about movies online, sometimes my friends, uh, like to use words like mastering and transfer and grain structure and all this other stuff to describe uh, picture quality in ways that they don't even realize that the words they're using are wrong. So if I tried to sound like, uh, say a seasoned technologist like yourself, uh, uh, like uh, like Merlin Mann, the or the originator of the season technologist title, uh, and just started talking about all the CSSing I'm doing, and uh, and the uh, PHPifying that I've done uh, throughout my lengthy career, uh, people would laugh at me. Uh, well, I I laugh at people who who try to pretend like they uh, they know stuff about picture quality and encoding stuff and all that other stuff, and my first pick comes from uh, all that nitpicking. Uh, just last week, Sony put out uh, the first wave of their mastered in 4K uh, Blu-rays, which uh, I, I wrote up a, a piece on Arthouse Cowboy about um, this particular one, Ghostbusters, which they'd released previously on Blu-ray, like four years ago. And all my friends were like, oh, it looks amazing. It's only 12 bucks. Oh, I'm going to order it right now. And I was like, guys, this looks awful like i saw a, a really good quality 35 millimeter print of it a couple of years ago and like this this looks bad this looks like the last time they mastered this thing for dvd they just said all right let's just slap it on the blu-ray uncompressed and and not go back and rescan it um and this new this new version of it on blu-ray looks amazing looks absolutely outstanding doesn't have any extras on it which is is part of what i get into in the piece um but one of my favorite movies that I enjoy rewatching as as often as I feel like it uh, finally looks as good as I feel like it can on my 1080p TV, just as they're mastering things so that they upconvert nicely to the fancy new 4K TVs that nobody can afford. Yes. So that's 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 my first. How, how does how does this go? Because again, I, I don't want to ruin your show too much. We we go back and forth. You're All doing right. wonderfully, by the way. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I cannot even converse with you about picture quality because I think we talked about that last time I was on yeah. your show. How I, I was, just really don't care. No, I was like, God bless you, God bless you, because you're not like, well, here's the thing. Uh, let me pretend like I'm an expert. You know, like uh, I, I couldn't even pretend to pretend to be an expert. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't pretend to be an expert about compiling and. Uh, code and all that kind of stuff. I've the only thing I've ever done is project managed programming 
stuff. And, uh, and anybody will tell you that the last person that knows anything about programming is the project manager. Project manage programming. Yeah, well, a, a, a game, which, okay. would, which would never be on anybody's Oh, topic. so you've project managed programmers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, and I felt awful about it the whole time. I was like, uh, I told them up front, I said, I, the only programming I've ever done is web stuff, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, when it comes to looking at your lines of code, all, <laughs> all I can do is tell you that the game crashes every 12 minutes. Well, I think I know. Well, I'm changing my first picks as we're talking, um, or my top picks, because that's what I do. And I think the first one I'm actually going to mention is my new uh, Mophie Juice Pack Helium. Oh, lordy. I had a Mophie Juice Pack in the past, and it broke within about, I think, three months. It snapped. And I, I was never terribly impressed. I had I had gotten better results from, like, $30 knockoffs on Amazon. But this one is really... I'm very impressed with it. It uh, it charges my phone fast, and it holds a charge easily six hours in addition to the phone's life. And it's super slim and lightweight compared to most cases. The battery section on it is like half an inch long. I like it a lot. Can I uh, – here, hold on. Did you hear that? I did. That was me activating my Mofi Juice Pack case that I bought oh, South by like Southwest. Oh, it's like a Power Rangers ring. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, it was it was worth the hundred bucks I threw at it. Because you now, a hundred bucks. Well, like actually, no. Bucks. I got the I got the air. You got, you got ripped off. No, I got the I got the higher capacity one that they were just putting out. Ah, yeah, I saw that air one. I went to look at the link for this. I saw. Oh, there's one I didn't know about. The Air. What's the difference between the Helium and the Air? The Air has more battery capacity. It's a little bit thicker. Yeah, it would make sense that it's heavier than Helium. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Why don't they call it like the Oxygen or... Or the Boron. Air just seems kind of, you know, used by Apple already. Yeah. Well, they, they've got that really tight relationship with Apple where they carry them in the stores and on the online store and everything. Even though, Do you think Apple sends them advanced prototypes so they can revamp I, when the form factors? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I, I don't think that they do because it always takes them a while to get stuff to market after the phones come out. You know, the 5 came out last year, and I don't remember when the Helium came out, but the Air was just getting shipped out to people at the beginning of March. See, that's kind of hurt. Like, yeah. uh, you know, a, a retailer, they carry you in their, their retail outlets, they pretend to like you, and then they go and, and obsolete your product overnight. That just seems mean. Yeah, but, I, you know, I love what they end up with each time. And, and the next time around, I think, I, think I'm, I might actually end up just getting the, like the, 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 the brick that you plug the phone into. I have one of those. I think I might just get that instead of the the built into the case battery thing. Um, yeah, it's it's not as I don't know for me like in a lot of situations I just want something that fits in my pocket. Yeah, and not two things that fit in my pocket. But but I definitely I carry a brick when I'm yeah uh, flying. 
and I have a bag with me anyway. So. Well, it's like I, I went to Dallas Comic Con last weekend, and I took I took uh, I took my phone, my juice pack air, and I took my wife's juice pack air, which she never uses, and I don't know why we bought it <laughs> at this point because she's like, oh yeah, I lost it. I'm not. It's somewhere in the bedroom. I was like, oh no, it's gone. It's gone. Uh, but I I carried I carried the phone in a, a slimmer case on its own. And then when it got lower on battery, I popped on one of the juice packs, set it to charge, and it lasted me, you know, another third of the day through heavy use and fighting other people for cell tower bandwidth um, and bits of tethering here and there to upload things to an FTP. And uh, only once did I have to use the second battery pack. The one pretty much covered me the whole time. Yep. Can I backtrack for a second and say that when I fly and I carry a brick with me, it's a power brick? A power brick. A power brick as opposed to any other kind of brick. Ah. I'm just in, saying this for the sake of TSA, etc. You don't want to get flagged. Right. Is what you're saying. Right. No keys or bricks of any kind other than car keys and power bricks. Okay. What, what kind of hazardous keys are there? Monkeys? You're not you're not familiar with the term key. Um, I probably should be. It's uh, uh, short slash slang for kilo. Oh, see, we're I, not on the same page right now, are we? Well, no, I I understand exactly what you mean now, <laughs> but it's that it's that it's that moment in the Jimmy Stewart movie where he says. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I didn't understand that you meant. Uh, 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 what, what do you call them? D- drugs. Uh, good lord, that was a good impression. Is, I that, mean, is that what it this is? It's coming from someone who can't do any impressions. That, that I was, still, I still think that was that was Oscar worthy. Well, that's that's what I aim for. That's that's one of the only things that I that I ever really uh, entertained the girls with on the playground in school. Oh, look, you do um, funny voices. Sorry, not interested in dating you. <laughs> but you got married nonetheless. So what's your second pick? Uh, second pick is Delicious Library 3, uh, the, at least for me, long-awaited uh, third iteration of Delicious Monsters. Wonderful, wonderful, originally DVD categorizing, uh, catalog, cat- categorizing and cataloging tool, which now also indexes your iTunes library, you can scan in stuff like power drills, books, basically stuff with barcodes attached to it. You can scan in either using the eyesight on your computer uh, or now with Delicious Library 3, they have a free app for iOS. So instead of carrying giant stacks of DVDs over to your computer desk, you can take your phone and go scan the barcodes of stuff on your shelves and just stick it right back on the shelf. That's awesome. You know, Delicious Library was the reason I bought a, a bar scanner, barcode scanner. Did like you get held one? Did you get one of those old uh, QCAT scanners? No, no. Actually, I did, but I hated it so much that oh, I went out and just Can we a real talk one. about QCAT for just a second? Because sure. any any opportunity to talk about uh, that that charlatan Jovan <laughs> and uh, and QCAT, I I knew what uh what what the QCAT was because this show that these people did, and I. I didn't like. I didn't really follow where any of these people went afterward. But there was this show that it was. Was it Net Talk Live or something? I don't um, know. They actually did it like out of Dallas, and this guy who hosted something that 
that uh, that is what video tech shows kind of evolved out of to some extent. He somehow sold the the Belo Corporation that owns the local Dallas ABC affiliate has gigantic piles of money. Uh, sold them on this millions and millions dollar scheme. Oh, and they also own the Dallas Morning News to put barcodes all over the paper. And they said that they were gonna they were gonna get people to get these barcode scanners for their computers so that when they're reading their newspaper, they would scan the barcode on the newspaper and then it would bring up the story on the website with additional rich content. And this was the late nineties, so rich content was postage stamp sized quick time video. Yeah. That's actually I mean, so basically it's like a QR code. Yeah. <laughs> but a, huh. but but it's a barcode that you have to have a barcode scanner and again in the late 90s um you know having having a printer uh and a scanner in and of themselves i mean that was a lot of peripherals for a lot of pc users and so like an they RS232 scanner yeah yeah <laughs> so they were they were trying to sell everybody on the idea that these uh these newfangled barcode scanners this was going to be the the future of content on the internet Okay. So And how'd that work out? Uh awfully and terribly, and it's the reason that a lot of people looking to in the early days of Delicious Library get a cheap barcode scanner, uh, they would get these these QCAT branded uh barcode scanners for a couple bucks on eBay and uh and reverse engineer them to uh to do what they needed to do and work with Bluetooth and, and so on. But those days are long, long gone. Um, I'm really excited to hear about this iPhone. I I, I got Delicious Library three. I haven't loaded it up yet, mm-hmm. um, just because I I don't know haven't cataloged anything for a long time. I used to really enjoy cataloging, but I kind of it lost. I lost my fetish for it. But the i the iOS that sounds awesome. Like I know he's always been really really good at handling scanning, like getting the the, the barcode scanning right for the eyesight. That it that was actually pretty groundbreaking because no one had ever really gotten that to work well before. To just hold a DVD up in front of your computer and have it yeah. catalog it. He did that well. I'd be interested to try the iOS version out. Yeah, uh, a pal of mine who got got it the moment that it was available, which of course is the, the worst time to get something and assume that it's all going to work perfectly, was like, oh, I can't get the iOS app to be recognized by the desktop app. And he just... He didn't figure out the the handshaking quite right, but it it works great. I just did a little test with it and haven't haven't taken to my entire collection yet. But it's something that I need to do, if only for the purpose of inventory and rental insurance and stuff, just in case somebody decided to uh, break in. Uh, don't be creepy um, and swipe all of my all of my fancy stuff. But yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of of what the delicious monsters. Uh, over there, do and uh, and Will Shipley is a is a hero of mine. He is quite good at what he does. He is. He is al- almost as good as you. Mm, better, definitely better. Yep. Yep. The show's improving by leaps and bounds already. <laughs> um. So okay, my number two. I don't think I've mentioned draft before. I think one of my guests did. Drafts for iOS. 
No, draft the web app draft at draftin.com. And it is basically a markdown capable Dropbox compatible or Dropbox enabled writing program on the web with version control and collaboration. So you can see diffs of versions. You can leave notes for people. You can show edits uh, as they happen. And you can uh, you can share what you're working on live with a collaborator and see every every change, every suggestion they make as you go. It's pretty awesome. It's like Google Docs, but without uh, but with, without all the rich text crap and with with change tracking that actually works. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that it. That would be nice. And it can export like as as you work on a document, you can export it to Dropbox in like HTML or Markdown or plain text formats. It's pretty sweet. I'm I'm very impressed. And he just added this. Uh, among a million other features, he's added um, tools for transcribing audio and video. So you can actually load up a video that's either hosted or on like Vimeo. And you can use keyboard shortcuts to control the video and skip back 30 seconds. That's and do your typing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's really the, the guy's oh. kind of a mad scientist. He's, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to end up using this this week now because that's. It's rare that I do transcriptions of interviews, but the the interview that the next episode of Screen Time that's going up before Peter Weller, which should be going up tonight, um, is with uh, with this this lady who was in movies like back in the 30s and 40s, and I did this interview with her. It's like 40 minutes long, and uh, and I'm gonna cross post it over at Ain't It Cool News as a as a text transcribed interview, and I hate transcriptions because it's such a pain that I have to take take my hand off of the keyboard to scrub back or move something back and forth. And it just, that, that in and of itself sold me. There used to be a native Mac app. Um, I don't think it's been updated and I can't remember what it was called, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, but it could do exactly that. And like, as you typed, you could hit command one or command two to switch characters, like whoever was talking. And then you just type as the video played and then there were shortcut keys that you could pause and jump back. Like you could literally type out an entire transcription without your fingers ever leaving the keyboard and get it broken up into like who was saying what and when. And uh, oh, and it could also do what some of the note taking tools on iOS can do and uh, and Paranote um, and a couple others. But basically, as you type, it would it would create timestamps. So that if you clicked at a certain point in your text, it would jump to that point in the audio or video. That was really handy. I can't remember what that app was. I think it was just called Transcriptions or something. It probably was. And it kills me that I never knew that it existed. Because that would have saved me so much time. I'm sorry. Well, but now... I just figured out my third pick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm dying with anticipation, so I'll, I'll plow through mine. (laughs) <laughs> because no, uh, this 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 drafts in draft in thing, yeah. Wow. So so my last one is a Mac app that uh, some guy named Merlin Mann introduced me to by way of an episode of Back to Work, which I can probably find and put in the show notes, where he was talking about media management and so on, called iFlix I F L I C K S, that has 
completely revolutionized uh, media transcoding and organization and everything. For some time, all the various different ripped video files and everything, non-protected, like iTunes video stuff that I had, lived on a hard drive connected to my boxy box because I drastically preferred the uh, the picture quality, the interface, the video resolution support, and all that kind of stuff that the boxy box had as compared to the Apple TV and iTunes and so on. And I especially loved that the boxy box had, the, you know, a keyboard on the back of the remote, even though, yeah, the iOS remote app, you know, had a keyboard and all that kind of stuff. Um, at a certain point, though, I was like, you know, I'm just going to unify everything in iTunes um, because now the remote app is better. The Apple TV experience is better. Um, the home sharing stuff came into existence. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's time to do this. But I had all this stuff that was not in iTunes-friendly format, and I really hated going in and manually crunching it through Handbrake and dealing with whatever ugly garbage it spit out on the other side that didn't look as good as the, uh, as the previous file that I had. And iFlix does a few things where, let's say you have a folder of uh, a TV show, a uh, house, uh, castle, I don't know, whatever that you've uh, you've ripped from a DVD or whatever and it is uh it is not in MP4 M4V format which iTunes likes nicely. Also doesn't have iTunes metadata, doesn't have cover art, any of that kind of stuff. Well, you take this stuff, you drag and drop it into iFlix. It searches uh an an open database uh called the TVDB for cover art and metadata and all that stuff, fills all that stuff in. You see it populate the art over all the files and everything. You know, if it, if everything's coded, you know, season, you know, season, uh, season one, episode three, you know, S-O-1-E-O-3, it auto-detects that. It knows which episode you've got. Um, and if you've got files that, that need to be normalized under this, you know, slap them into Automator, and, and that's, that's fixed in a few seconds. So the long and the short of it is, you put all these files into iFlix, you tell it, how or if you wanted to convert it, you batch convert all this stuff universally to iTunes format if it's not already iTunes friendly. And it sticks into iTunes for you, trashes the original files, adds all the metadata and art and everything, and your files that you have legitimately and free and clear and all that good stuff act and behave just like any other file that you've got in iTunes just without DRM. Because, you know, you pulled it from your own totally legally obtained DVD or uh, digital media of whatever form. Right. So so it'll do the conversion, and then it'll also take both files that are already iTunes compatible. And if for some reason you're uh, a crazy kook like me and you encode things in, uh, in a thing called Matroska, um, a, a superior uh, video container format in every way possible, supports subtitles and multiple audio tracks if say you have a blu-ray that has like six different commentaries on it and everything and you rip it to matroska it'll pull all those audio tracks and everything for you too and the beautiful thing is itunes a lot of people don't know this can switch to different audio tracks can switch to different subtitle tracks well um iflix will take those files and it doesn't have to convert them it just sticks an m4v wrapper on it and it works like magic and this this program single-handedly, all I've had to do is, you know, I plugged in this four terabyte drive that I've got, 
and a couple of different two terabyte drives that a bunch of stuff was on different formats in all sorts of nested folders and all sorts of other garbage. And I just left everything running for like a week with this enormous um, queue of, of stuff to convert and package and all that good stuff. And now all of my stuff is in one place and it isn't, Oh, well the TV supports, you know, this wonky codec that this shows in that I don't want to take the time to convert. I'll stick it on a USB thumb drive. I'll plug it into the TV and then we'll, you know, maybe it'll let us watch 30 rock or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and I, I greatly prefer it to doing a whole crap load of, of that work on my own, which, you know, we shouldn't have to. And now you don't have to because iFlix exists and it's amazing and it's wonderful and I can't, uh, I can't recommend it enough. That was perfect. Nicely done. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to describe because I basically only use it for two things and I think it does about six other things, but I don't think the six other <laughs> things really matter. Yeah, I only ever use my Swiss Army knife for the corkscrew. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. It's not true. But no, I, I've I've always seen iFlix and I've always thought it looked interesting, but I don't I don't uh transmogrify enough media to matter. I just use iTunes on my Apple TV. I don't have to translate anything. Well the the goofy thing that I do, and not everybody does this, is I like I import British Blu-rays that are region encoded and using uh, another piece of software, um, make MKV and a, an external USB two Blu-ray drive plugged into my Mac. I can pull the complete raw source off of that Blu-ray onto a hard drive and code the digital file, uh, so that it's like eight gigs, roughly the same size that, the real HD stuff that you get on iTunes is. So something that I buy that I don't have to be reliant on iTunes servers to be up at a given time to watch. You know, if I want to watch Ghostbusters, it is on my wall and I can just stick it in the Blu-ray player. Um, but if say I'm going to take a trip and I want to have stuff with me on the computer or an iPad or a phone or whatever, and not be shackled to a disc wallet, uh, like a savage, then you know I can I can I can crunch it down into smaller than you know forty or fifty gigs in size, but still acceptable quality for watching it on these Retina screens that are on just about every device I have now. All right. So that's 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 my my little ranty rant on uh, on media encoding and saving yourself an enormous amount of wasted time and effort. iFlix. Awesome. iFlix. All right. All right. Was that three for you, Arne? That was three. That's three. I'm I'm one, two, three, and out of there. Wow. Um, so my third one, and I don't know why I didn't write this down at the beginning because I'm really excited about it. I even wrote about it on uh, the unofficial Apple web blog this morning. But uh, it's called Lick of the Day, and it's been around for a while, but they just released version 2.0 last week. And it is – do you play guitar at all? Uh, not well. Do you play stringed instruments in general? Um, okay, that's okay. I mean that I call my harmonica a harp. That counts, right? No. Okay. Um, but it's not a test. You didn't fail. Um, Good. What What this app does is it's on I, iPhone and iPad, and you can buy these lick packs, 
which have uh, lessons in them. And each lesson gives you a video of uh, a knowledgeable instructor showing you a lick on your guitar. Or I think they have some bass packs. I haven't played with the bass stuff. But he shows you a lick, plays it fast, plays it slow, explains all the, the picking patterns, explains the music theory behind it. And then you can flip over to a view that has uh, shows a fretboard and then it shows like the live finger positionings on the fretboard as it plays through a tab version of the uh, of the lick. And you can slow it down, speed it up and you can practice it on that screen until you get a new lick down. And I, I've learned that these licks really basically it's your vocabulary as a guitarist and Every lick you learn is just one more word in your vocabulary. And you can, after you go through a few of these packs, you can start to speak fluently in multiple languages. I'm going through blues packs right now. I'm having a blast learning a ton of old blues rhythms and basic uh, basic blues structures and, and even some lead stuff. And it's been really, I've been actually using this app for over a year now, but I'm really, the stuff that's available with version 2.0 has been really cool. Very happy with it. I have to be honest. And it's free. It's free. It's free. When you said it's free, but you pay for the lick packs. Well, when, when you said it was called lick of the day, completely out of context and not thinking about music at all. I know what you were thinking. I thought it was, I thought it was some Tumblr account that you really liked. And then you said, you know, lick packs. And I was like, Oh brother, here we go. Here we go. I'm on the salty language podcast. Salty language. Salty language. I oh, I own I own the domain Heck Yes Markdown because I'm that I'm that prude prudish. <laughs> I own the other one too. I won't lie. But Heck Yes Markdown, <laughs> I can show to my parents. Salty matic. <laughs> There's actually if you go to uh, MarkdownRules.com, there is a menu. And you can choose whether you want the Sailor version or the Sarah Palin-esque version. And it'll take you to either Heck Yes Markdown or the other one. <laughs> this is great. What's your verbal proclivity? It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite phrase of the day. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like something else, too. <laughs> anyway. That's one. All right. Have, so I, that's... have I totally ruined the show yet? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really seriously worried about that. Not yet. I'll give you one more chance after okay. our third sponsor. Okay. So this episode has been brought to you not only by Moises uh, and his wonderful skills at making things live, but also by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code SHOWERS. Even though it's May now and April showers have brought May flowers we're going to go with showers as your coupon code. Uh, Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust. So you can completely customize your own online space. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes your site automatically look great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. As we said earlier, or as I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free. No credit card required. You were right. And if you purchase, make sure you get 10% off and support Systematic by using the offer code SHOWERS. 
So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. You know, you, you didn't know that I had a blog, and I bet you don't know that my blog is on Squarespace. I didn't know that. I love Squarespace because, like, of I of course, t- I knew you had a blog. Silly! A, oh, come on. Well, I'm a lapsed web developer technologist uh, from a number of years back before I I forgot all of my my kung fu in that in that respect. And I've I liked that it did everything that I didn't want to have to mess with on my own. And if I want to go crazy complex, I can. Like if I want to do, you know, fancy photo galleries and stuff, which I probably should do with the crapload of uh, of screenshots that I do on these Blu-rays, um, I can. And like I'm still running on Squarespace Five, which they're still supporting. They didn't force me to go to six. And the only reason I haven't gone to six yet is I just haven't had time to sit down and monkey around with it for a while because I. I want to look at literally every template they've got and every way that I can tweak things and move things around and and uh, and make things uh, spare and at the same time uh, functional and maybe a little bit fancy. Um, but especially a couple of the new templates they added, some of the new uh, features that uh, and, and switches and levers and, and hand cranks that they've built into Six uh, have me thinking maybe this next weekend is going to finally be it because I don't think I'm I don't think I'm traveling for the first time in, in way too long. Exciting. I like them. I, I, I think we should both get raises now. Probably. That was brilliant. Probably. Um, I, I want, I want two crusts of paleo bread. <laughs> Is that a thing? I'm sorry. I'm not up on the paleo thing. Is there such thing well, as paleo the, bread? Well, there's such a thing as gluten-free bread. Most okay. made mostly with like uh, rice flour and that kind of thing. And, and early man had this technology. Uh, technically, yes. Okay. In theory. In theory. Anyway, I'm going to let you give your Twitter handle because I can say it and I can spell it, but I'll probably get it wrong and then I'd have to ask you if I got it right anyway. So why don't you go ahead and say where people can find you? It is, it is my pleasure to, to not give you uh, an aneurysm. Um, so my Twitter handle is at Moises Chew, and this is only because the jerk with at Moises won't jump off of it. Instead, he he keeps tweeting stupid. You know, look at me. I'm a I'm a social media expert. Burr, 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 burr. I'll speak with him. Uh, guy drives me crazy. Um, so M O I S E S C H I U is the Twitter handle, and you can you can get to it from my website arthousecowboy.com uh, or any of the seventeen shows that I host on Five by Five Screen Time which we talked about earlier. Um, did I mention who the guest is after Peter Weller? No. Okay, so have you seen the Dark Knight Returns animated yes. movies? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So Peter Weller's Batman in those. And this past weekend at Dallas Comic-Con, I moderated not one but two Q&As with Mr. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman in Batman the Animated Series, all those different movies, all that kind of neat stuff. And that is going to be the episode of Screen Time after Peter Weller. You're kind of the consummate nerd. I'm, I'm trying. And You're I, good at it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. And and I've I've had a crazy string of luck, especially of late. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm swooning for you. Yeah. If I'm really lucky, and I like I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I want to try to karmically push it in the right direction. 
I'm begging and praying and meditating and hoping that this rep from Warner Brothers comes through and manages to get me Adventure Times Pendleton Ward for early June. Do you watch Adventure Time? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So it's uh, it's this cartoon that I'm obsessed with, Dan's obsessed with, Merlin's obsessed with. So now that you know Merlin's obsessed with it, at least at least one credible person likes it. I was going to say, now it has some street cred, but I still don't know what it is. It's totally nuts. And I, I think you would be you would be super, super into it. Um, yeah. The, the guy, the guy who creates it, he's, he's into all kinds of nerd stuff and, and I think he's into metal too. So he, he passes the cool test. Um, but then the, the other, the other stuff I got on five by five, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, the, the, uh, the altar, the altar boy at the church of, of Horace dead you, uh, for the critical path, uh, where Horace, uh, continues to remind me that I'm just not, as smart as I think I am, um, by example, every week. And then a couple of comic book shows, Giant Size, where I talk to comics creators, um, everybody from superhero people to independent people to webcomic people, and uh, the Comic Shack, which is like a, like a book club thing where we talk about comics and uh, professionals aren't allowed in there. It's just uh, comic book nerds. So that's that's the spread of stuff that I do. And, you know, maybe eventually I'll do this fish podcast I keep talking about doing. Uh, they're making fun of me in chat because I don't know what Adventure Time is. Well, the, you know what? You should write back to them in Markdown and remind them that... Uh, that, that I don't do anything other than play with plain text, and that's how exciting I am. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Lord, Lord Regent of plain text. That's <laughs> how <you>. exciting. Um, <laughs> no, I'll definitely I'll check out Adventure Time because that sounds more exciting than most of my pursuits. It's 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 really really good, and I I've I've got some film critic friends who, you know, on the one hand they'll argue with you about Star Trek until they're blue in the face, but they'll be like, "I'm an adult man, I don't watch cartoons," and I think they're the most ridiculous people in the universe. That is ridiculous. All right, well I'm going to wrap it there at an hour and fifteen. And uh, as long as I didn't ruin everything, I mean, we could just do it over again. Well, I'll give you another chance in the future. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I re, I'm so nervous whenever I'm on somebody else's show on 5x5 five five because I'm so used to like either either trying to follow along with Horace and find something interesting or relevant to say or uh, struggle to, to sound like I, I halfway deserve to be in the same room as the other person when interviewing famous people but that's like that's that's how i feel on your show because it's so good well thank you i appreciate that but i think you did wonderfully um so you can be found at um arthousecowboy.com and a slew of five by five shows and i am tt scoff just about everywhere twitter app.net etc um i'm also at brettterpstra.com and This has been Systematic, episode 45, the first live Systematic. Thank you very much, Moises. Moises.